All right, that's enough. Stop being friendly and sit down. Stop being friendly and sit down. All right, everybody more awake now? It felt like Steve was about to start nodding off, and I can't have that happen while I'm preaching because he's one of the faces I look at. Hey, this morning we are... You can stay standing there the whole time if you want to make it about you. <laughs> You're like that kid that says cha-cha-cha at birthday parties. Hey, uh, we're, we are in our um, fourth week of a sermon series called Renew, and we're talking about renewing different parts of our lives. Um, we started this the first week of school because that's one of the times that we kind of start over again, right? Like we start over at the new year around January 1st and we set resolutions and we kind of say, this year I'm going to do things different than I did last year. And then some of us stick to those for a while and some of us don't. And then we kind of do the same thing at the beginning of a school year. Whether you're in school or not, our brains are kind of wired to think spring, fall semester, spring semester, summer, Christmas break. We kind of think that way. And so we're, play, we're working with that to help us think of ways that we can renew ourselves. And so this week, we're talking about renewing our souls. I don't know about you, but there are times that I just get worn down. Not, not physically. I mean, that happens, of course, also. But I also just get worn down emotionally, and then I get really worn down spiritually, where it feels like I'm not connecting with God, and I'm just kind of going through the motions. And I want to say to you this morning, first and foremost, if that's you, if you ever get to that place where you're just going through the motions, you're in a good place. It's, it's perfectly fine to just go through the motions, trusting that at some point you will reconnect and you're putting yourself, by disciplining yourself to go through the motions, you're putting yourself in the proper place to be able to hear from God. We'll talk more about that during Advent, but it's one of those things that I just truly believe. That's why I like to say a confession every week and why I like for us to practice affirming our faith every week is because as we practice disciplines, we put ourselves in a good, play, good space to be hearing from God. Whether it has a lot of meaning that day or not, eventually it will and it'll come back to us. And so we're talking about renewing our souls this morning. The passage of scripture that we read along with as it was being read to us a few moments ago is a really famous passage, right? There's Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. There are two creation stories. I don't know if you know that. And did you know that they happen in a different order? So one creation story goes very orderly. It's the one we just read on the first day this happened, on the second day this happened, on the third day this happened, on the fourth day this happened, fifth day this happened, sixth day this happened, and then what happened on the seventh day? God rested. And then the second creation story tells the same story, but in a different way. And it's out of order from the first one, which tells me that we're not to read those stories for accuracy. We're to read them for truth. I heard one time of a rabbi who was asked the question, do you believe in a real seven day creation or do you think creation took a lot, lot longer? And the story goes that the rabbi sat there, he was sitting on a panel, like a theological discussion panel, and he sat there for a long time in total silence. And then he said, I've never thought about that. Doesn't seem like a very good question to me. The question of how creation happened 
is not nearly as important as why creation happened. And I think that's a place where I can dig in. The science and faith thing, the argument of whether they go together, I think is, the answer is yes. Science and faith work together. Truth comes out of all of it. And if it's true, it is from God. And if you can prove your faith, it's no longer faith. Because faith requires an element of doubt. Otherwise, it's certainty. And certainty is not faith. It's the lack of faith. And so, just kind of getting all of that out of the way as we start talking about Genesis. Anytime from now until I'm no longer the pastor at Morningstar 10 or 15 years from now, when Genesis comes up, I'm going to remind you of that. Because we sometimes think we can argue people into the faith. And the truth of it is, we love people into the faith. We invite people into a life and a way of living. And the, the details of things, sometimes we miss the forest for the trees. So, rest. How many people like rest? I remember when I got to college, I all of a sudden fell in love with naps. It was like every day I wanted to take a nap when I was in college. Part of that is I was eating ridiculously unhealthy food and not sleeping right at nighttime and all that kind of stuff. But naps became really important to me. And I still like a nap on Sunday afternoons. I still like rest times. Michelle was just saying between services, though, that I'm not very good at resting. I don't even know what that means because I think I'm great at it. But... <laughs> The word that is translated as rest in Genesis 1 is a Hebrew word called menuha. M-E-N-U-H-A. Menuha. And menuha is more, uh, as Dan B. Alexander says in his book Sabbath, he writes, it's better translated as a joyous repose, tranquility, or delight. God didn't rest in the sense of taking a nap or chilling out. Instead, God celebrated and delighted in his creation. Let me say that again, because we often think, because in the Ten Commandments, we're told on the seventh, God rested on the seventh day and created that day holy, so you therefore should have a Sabbath. We take the idea of rest in Genesis 1 as Sabbath. And menuha is a different word and a different concept than Sabbath. God didn't rest in the sense of taking a nap or chilling out. Instead, God celebrated and delighted in God's creation. God played. God had fun. God sat back and looked at everything he had done and enjoyed it. It's kind of like when you mow your yard and it's completed and you can kind of sit back and be like, man, that looks good. It looks a lot better. I feel like it's probably the same idea that barbers have when they give you a haircut and they're like, oh, he looks a lot better than he did when he came in here. Like, that is a good haircut I just gave. You know, you know what I'm talking about. We all have those sorts of things in our lives. The dishes are dirty, and so you go over and you wash the dishes, and when it's all done, you're like, man, that just looks so much better. You sit back and you manuha. You celebrate the fact that something was accomplished. You celebrate it. It's an active kind of thing, but it's not active in the sense of like, I'm accomplishing this thing, because let's face it, we're Americans, and we're taught to, that like, accomplishing things and being productive is of utmost importance, and so we're going to Sabbath our way to being productive. It's another thing we can check off of our list. We're going to make sure that we Sabbath this week and check that off of our list. Now I've produced a day that I got to take Sabbath, and it's different than that. 
menuha, what God does on the seventh day, is different than sit back and restore. It's restoring through celebrating. It's a joyous repose. We need space in our lives for those sorts of things. I've heard it said before that you have to find balance in your life. That this work-life balance, uh, uh, just whatever it happens to be, you don't want to get weighed down one way or the other because if you do, you become emotionally and spiritually unhealthy and you fall off of the balance beam called life. That feels intrusive to me because I am a person of extremes. I go all in for this thing, and then I go all in for this thing, and I go all in for this thing, and then I go all in for this thing. Balance just doesn't work for me because I'm a person of extremes. I'm not saying the idea of finding balance in your life is wrong. It may work perfectly for you, and that may make total sense. But for me, it's more about finding rhythm. Hey, where's Michael? You want to come show us? We, Michael and I kind of planned this out. Monday, and then we forgot about it, and then we just discussed it. So rhythm is this musical idea. Anybody know the song, Phil Collins song, In the Air, In the Air Tonight? It's the only Phil Collins song I like, by the way. But it kind of goes along, and it paces itself really well, and you hear these words, and you're like, man, that's such a crazy song, it's so good. And then all of a sudden, there's that one part. You know the one part where it's like, doo-doo, 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 like that. And then everything changes. I feel like that's my life. That's rhythm, right? There's the time where the pace is up, the tempo is up, uh, the rhythm is different, and then there's a time of manuha, where I slow it down and I celebrate those things that have happened. So, Michael, show us what a good, like, show us good rhythm, or let us hear good rhythm. I feel like I know that song. So, you know, you like your heart. They say if your heart gets out of rhythm, what happens? You die. So you have to have good rhythm, good rhythm spiritually also. Because if you have bad rhythm, it just falls apart, right? I'm glad you play better than that, by the way. <laughs> All right, thanks, Michael. So balance, for you, it may be finding good balance, right? Like you work really hard, you dedicate yourself to this thing, but at the same time, like you have this other part of your life, like you keep them together, and, 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 and it all holds together, and you can steady yourself, and you feel like, oh, okay, I've, I've been on this side too long, now I need to balance back, and, and that may work for you, and if it does, I wish I was more like you. But balance doesn't work for me. For me, it's about rhythm. Like, I'm going to go this way, and I'm going to go this way, and I'm going to keep going this way a little bit longer, and then I realize, like, I need to change that up. That's the idea of manuha. Balance or rhythm to your life. The off times, the slower times, that's rhythm. That's balance. That's manuha. And it's really important in all aspects of our life. So we just talked about music. I don't know much about music. Michael occasionally will say things to me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I knew that. And then I'll say something to him, and he was like, yeah, you kind of know something. You don't, you're not completely idiotic about it. What? But there's, 
In music, apparently, and I, I confirmed this between services. Wait, by the way, raise your hand if you play an instrument or you know music. Raise them a little bit higher. Take notes. Take notes real quick. We're looking for people in the band. Roger, I saw that hand up. So here's the thing. <laughs> so here's the thing. I've been told that in notation, I think that's the right phrase, there are notes written, right? But there's also space or rest that is written into the music. And without that rest, it just all sounds, feels crammed together. It's the same thing as a comma or a semicolon when you're reading. If we were to read a phrase... Hebrew for rest, but it's just better translated as joyous repose, tranquility, or delight. God didn't rest in the sense of taking a nap or chilling out instead. God, It's just like, it's like, what is happening? Everything is crammed together. But when you use punctuation and you create space and you create a time to take a breath, God didn't rest in the sense of taking a nap or chilling out. Instead, God celebrated and delighted in God's creation. Rhythm, balance, manuha, space, celebration, joyous repose, recreation. All of those things go into the word manuha. Sometimes we need to sit down and read a book. We need to go camping or fishing. We need to bake something. We need to carve something. We need to create whatever it is that you do for recreation and celebration that calms your soul. Do that thing because we all need it. Several years ago, I had a, a guy who was helping me, he was coaching me in church planting. And one of the problems that I still have this problem, I know that you all work really hard and you have worked hard your entire lives. And of the money that you earn, that you give to the church, a portion of that pays my salary. And I want to honor your hard work and your labor that you do and that you did by working hard to earn that money and to, to do ministry in your honor. And so I was talking to this guy, Bob, who was my church planting coach one time about this. And he goes, well, when's the last time that you just, like, laid down and looked at the sky and took 15 or 20 deep breaths and recognized the presence of God with you. And I said, well, if I did that, then like that's really not what I'm getting paid for. And he goes, that's not what I asked you. When was the last time you did that? And I said, well, I get what you're saying. I need to do that because then I, my soul is healthier and mentally I'm healthier, and so then I can serve the people better. And he goes, no, that's wrong. That's not what I'm saying. He said, you need to take care of yourself. I said, right, because if I don't take care of myself, then I can't be productive in the work that I'm doing because I'll get burned out, and then I just won't do it. And he goes, wrong again. <laughs> See, we think of times of repose and recreation and relaxation, and celebration, we think of those things as something to check off sometimes when we're thinking of it spiritually. Right? We're going to check this off of the list 
Now we can show that we're being productive spiritually and getting ourselves into a healthier place. And that's not it. God, on the seventh day, took a break and looked back on the things that God had done in the previous days and celebrated that and saw that it was supremely good and that it was worth celebrating. It wasn't about anything other than that. And because God did it, we do it. And we should never have to feel guilty for it. Imagine music without rest notes. Or imagine architecture without, without negative space. So imagine there's a pillar that the girth of it is like six feet around. And then over here, there's another, there's another pillar. And we think that the architecture is about those things when really the architecture is about the space that's in between and those things. Imagine what it's like for kids to grow up in a house where everything is push, 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 accomplish, 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 check the tasks off, check the tasks off, and there's no time for manuha. We don't want for our kids to be raised that way. We want for our kids to be able to step back and to celebrate. And if we want that for our kids, then we have to do it ourselves also. I do want to say a couple of things, though. I understand that a day off and long periods of time, even within a day, for manuha, for celebration, for relaxation, for recreation, I understand that those things are a real privilege. That there are people who work two or three jobs just to make ends meet. And sometimes it feels impossible for them to carve out time, and especially days of their life, to be able to take a break. And to you, I want to say, Thank you for working that hard for your family. But remember, you want to teach your kids how to breathe and how to find those times of rest also. So even if it's three minutes here and seven minutes there and 15 minutes over there, the time driving in your car that you can just kind of take a deep breath and celebrate everything that's been happening or listen to a song that you love and sing it at the top of your lungs, do those things because they are good for our souls. We spend six days striving. Let's not listen to Lady Folly from Proverbs and spend seven days striving. Let's take at least one day to celebrate and to relax and to do not much of anything except enjoy life. And let's do it for the glory of God and in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.